Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, at the time of recording, it is the 20th of July, so I'm fresh off the um, PCA Northwest uh, where I competed and, and ended up winning uh, tall, classic bodybuilding. So, very happy with that second show of the season. Um, no time to celebrate though, uh, straight on to the the next show, uh, which will be this coming Sunday, um, the Southwest. So by the time this podcast goes live, um, I'm sure I will have already competed in that and you'll have seen the result and the update, uh, no doubt, on Instagram before um, you listen to this. So um, how this podcast is going to run um, is, is pretty much going to cover a topic that I feel, especially when you're a beginner, you really struggle to understand the concept and it it might be quite hard to visually think about this as you're just hearing it, um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to team it with uh, an article I'll put on the website. Um, that article will will go live maybe perhaps the week after this podcast. So what you can maybe do is as you're as you're listening to this, um, have that article open at the same time because then that way you'll get a true true representation of kind of what I'm going to speak about. Um, and that is the term, you know, flat versus full. I still remember, you know, if I think of my own, own personal experience, going back to 2016, you know, when I kind of first properly got into bodybuilding, you could say, um, when I started taking it seriously, you know, started watching what I was eating and tracking it and progressive overload, blah, blah, blah. If you'd asked me what flat versus full would mean, I would have no idea. I think I was actually fairly embarrassed by the fact I didn't know and uh, I guess I didn't know for a long time and um, just sort of like was okay with that and then when people would speak about it I just like sort of pretend like I knew what I was talking about. So um, that is the purpose of today's podcast is to discuss what flat versus full means, uh, to give you an idea of kind of how um, the carb load process works going into a show and I'm just going to use myself as an example of that um, when I talk about myself um, please do not take you know any 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 part of that as advice um, it is just what I do um, for example I will use Lantus long long acting insulin uh, it's not something I would recommend you go consult a medical professional if you're thinking about doing that um, but before we kind of get into what is flat versus full, we kind of need to understand the concept or the fundamental concept of um, glucose storage in the body. Now, if you don't know what glucose is, it's pretty much just carbohydrates in their simplest form. Now, that in itself in the body, so when you eat, you can break that down. Once that's broken down, it can then be distributed, transported in the body, used for energy by working muscle groups immediately or it could be used as storage and it can be stored in a couple of different forms now the first one that is widely known is it can be stored as body fat now this is where the body's going to shuttle those excess carbohydrates straight into fat cells for storage and later use down the line. Now that's just something that's an evolutionary process. Um, it's happened over you know thousands, millions of years, um, and ultimately, you know, back in the back in the day, shall we say, um, the, the there was probably times of quite low calorie intake, you know, starvation, you could say, and that's where those fat stores would come in handy to effectively 
top top the body up in regards to energy so it's, it's not something that we can avoid um, if you eat excess food or calories or carbohydrates you will store body fat the second way it can be stored is in a form of glycogen and again without trying to confuse you it's effectively glucose molecules crammed together in one uh, and, and called that molecule is called glycogen now this can be stored in the liver but more importantly what we're going to talk about it can also be stored in muscle and this is the one that that we're interested in so we're not going to go into the liver in today's podcast and we're going to go into it being stored in muscle tissue now why is it stored in muscle tissue well it's stored there for ready to be used for ready available energy for when the body needs it you know released during times of exercise for immediate use um, or perhaps when blood sugars are quite low now you're maybe thinking, right, Vaughn, that's that's all well and good, but why why does that matter? Right? So you've got the basics, the basic concept, the science, shall we say, but you're still left wondering, you know, what the fuck's going on? Well, what if I was to tell you that those muscle glycogen stores, the you know, when saturated, they actually give the the muscle the impression of, you know, an increase in size, shape, pop, and when they're depleted, they can look smaller, um, you know, have less of a pop when you maybe perhaps hit like a front double, the, the peak of the biceps, not quite the same. You hit a side chest, maybe perhaps that the top line's looking that little bit flat. So in essence, we have a, a muscle that can look, as we said, full, or we can have, you know, a muscle that can, can look flat. And if you're looking at the article with this, what I've done is I've attached a photograph of me flat. This was on, this was at four in the morning on uh, Thursday. Um, so the show was on the Sunday. This was on the Thursday and this is when we began loading. Um, this is this is effectively me at my absolute flattest. I think I was 104.9, 104.5 here. And then the next photograph in the article is me on show day morning. I think this was uh, the, f- the first check-in of the day. Um, and as you can see, the difference is quite apparent. There's a bit more detail in the legs. They look a little bit bigger, more separated. The top line of the chest is popping a bit more, um, as, are, as are the arms. And if you're not, I suppose if you're not, if you've not got the article, to hand, um, you're probably wondering, well, what, you know, what's a carb load? What's that? Why does it matter? So, as competitors preparing for a stage, we will actively look to fill up muscle glycogen stores to present what we'd call an overall kind of fuller look. Like we're looking for a pop. We're looking for a, a good ability to contract in the muscle belly and to be you know well shaped and rounded. It's going to look better, isn't it? However. What we don't want to do is when we put more food in, we don't want to look softer, right? So when we're flat, we're, we're extremely lean, but we want to be extremely lean when we're full. So same sort of look and conditioning, but with more of a pop to the muscle. So this is actually a really fine balancing act. If you were to perhaps put too much in and oversaturate some of that glucose that's present in the blood, you know, if there's too much, it's going to start to be now directed into fat cells and the physique itself will begin to look that little bit softer which of course is not what you want 
And maybe you're thinking, well, fuck, how, I don't want that. How do I know? And, and that's when it's all going to come down to a trial and error process until you find the perfect amount of carbohydrates that you need to consume. Now, this is usually over a two or three day period to ensure that your muscle glycogen stores are filled up, that you're just as conditioned um, as you were when you were when you were flat. So for me, if you are looking at the article, actually, on when I was full, I actually only weighed 104.9. You're probably thinking, well, why the fuck? How how's that happen? Um, the other process that bodybuilders do is effectively called drying out, right? So maybe the the Thursday, um, I was 104.5. Um, on the Friday, um, I'm sure that I increased to 105.9, and then the Saturday, I was 107.9. Right, so there's an increase um, of about 3.4 kilos and then on the saturday what i done was consumed uh, all my fluid my usual daily fluid by about three half past three which was sitting roughly about 18 19 hours out from stage the same time i powered a lot of diuretics um i took my weight at night and i was one 110 and in the morning i was 104.9 but i hadn't lost any fullness um I was just as conditioned, I was just dry. And ultimately that's what you're trying to do. So you may be getting confused here saying, well, Vaughn, you're doing a podcast about flat versus full, but you know, because I'm referencing myself and as an example, I've got to give I've got to give you um, reasons as to why that weight difference doesn't seem much because of this process of drying out, which in itself could be a a completely different different podcast. If you are watching, uh, if you do have the um, if you do have the article up at the same time, you'll have to forgive the, uh, the you've been tangled tan. Um, but it was on show day, and that is effectively normal for you know spray tan for what what you'll see step on stage. It's funny, I was saying this to one of the guys backstage. Like it's funny how you know we're all tanned and when you feel sort of normal backstage, it's just the norm walking about on show day, and then. You know, when you kind of go to the supermarket thereafter and everybody's like peely wally and you get a funny look, you're like, yeah, I'm going to gonna get home and, and get this tan off. Um, ultimately, again, you'll see in the article, um, I've put the comparison of not only the, the, the sort of front lat spread, but at the same time, the, the side chest as well. You should be able to see the differences in the detail of the increases in size of the, the muscle bellies, I call them. The muscle belly is just a fancy word for the actual whole muscle itself, but the, the, the meaty part of the tissue. Um, but it should look a little bit drier as well. So for me, per, what's personal to me is that it took uh, two and a half thousand grams of carbs over three days to create this change. So that was a thousand grams of carbs on the Thursday, alongside uh, two fifty protein, one hundred twenty fat. We did the same thing on the Friday, and on the Saturday, we were five hundred carb, um, three hundred protein, one twenty fat, um, and then we woke up pretty much on the money on the Sunday, and uh, we didn't really need to put much food in. I think we put one meal in, which was like eighty gram of carb. 40 protein 20 fat and that was really it until stage um and, and it worked to treat and and after i was on stage straight after you know we knew we were seven days out so we we had to deplete again and you're probably thinking well what's the 
what does deplete mean? Now, before I get into that, what I want you to remember is that the two and a half thousand grams of carbs, you know, I'm, I'm six foot four, have a, a reasonable, decent amount of muscle mass, I'd like to think. And currently, you know, well, I was about 104, 105, right? Um, but if you are perhaps five foot five and you're a guy that maybe perhaps weighs 64 kilos, it's going to be a lot different than what I'm doing. Um, and at the same time, as well, um, I used Exgenius Insulin when I was loading. Um, for those of you that haven't already, go back and listen to the previous podcast about tracking blood glucose um, to get an understanding. And also there's going to be an article on the website about that. Um, you'll get a, a better understanding of kind of why I you know, perhaps used that. But also I checked my blood glucose before every single meal to make sure I came back within range. And it was actually on the Saturday we noticed that in the last meal we were kind of deciding whether to put more in or not. Blood glucose hadn't came down as much as it usually had done. And that was our indication like, right, that we're full now. You know, visually we look good, but we've also got metrics here that are kind of working in our favour. So rather than guess, um, I always say be accurate. And you don't necessarily need to do that. Uh, you could call it OCD, but I would just call it being being accurate. So back to what I was saying is that we have this process as bodybuilders by which we we ultimately will get flat. We have to embrace getting flat to get conditioned, right? Um, so for this process to be, you know, that, that carb load, as I just said, to be successful, you're going to have to be what we call in the industry peeled. And this means by having extreme low levels of body fat and if you've ever been there, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. That when the body is that lean, um, it's just a different animal. You know how it digests food, how you just burn through fuel, um, and how much food it can handle without gaining fat whatsoever is is really incredible. And this is why um, you'll always see bodybuilders run flat, and then before a show they'll carb load. Now, for me, I had a show seven days later. So what did I need to do? I needed to try and get flat again very quickly. So if we knew that the load was on a Thursday and my show was on the Sunday, that only gave us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to get flat before we then start loading again. So what that meant was after being on stage on Sunday, I had protein, protein on its own for the rest of the day. On the Monday, we ran we ran a load day. Um, I trained legs, you know, Clen went back in pretty much as soon as I came off stage. It was in on the Monday. Uh, the Monday was probably the hardest day of prep so far. Um, just, just so, so exhausted, so tired, especially from traveling home as well. Um, I think my weight was about one hundred six point nine on the Monday. Naturally, it was going to be up because of how much we had pulled water down. Um, when you restrict water and then you put it back in, your body's initial response is hold on to it, right? So one hundred six point nine. Um, the thirst was unquenchable on the Monday morning, but consumed a lot of fluid on Monday and was up peeing a lot of the night as well. And then woke up on the Tuesday morning, the, morning, the day I'm recording this podcast, uh, 104.2. So actually lighter than I was preload um, for that prior PCA show, uh, technically two days ahead of time, which of course is advantageous because if we continue to run low, which we'll do, what does that mean? You're you're getting into more of a depleted state. Now, the the more of a depleted state you're in, the more responsive your body is. As I said, it's a, it's a different animal. You may be thinking back to when I said 
well, why doesn't it gain fat when you put all this food in? Why, how, how does that not happen? Now, what I want you to do is just bear in mind that the body itself has been in an extreme, extreme calorie deficit for months, right? Now, a calorie deficit, you can't just get, your body can't get out of it in a day. Energy balance is over weeks. So you, what you would need is you'd need a few weeks of consistent eating. I'm not talking like going and binging and whatnot. I'd be eat like a dickhead. Weeks of sort of consistent eating um, above maintenance to get out of that deficit and to actually get the body more in towards a maintenance phase um, and then eventually into a surplus. So the carbs that you put in for this carb load, they're being used to top up muscle glycogen stores, get them get the muscle full. They've been used for energy. And that is it, and that is it alone. So the minute that you go back to a regular diet, you know, let's say you put in you put in thousand grams of carbs a day over two two days, and then five hundred. Then the next day you go back to one fifty. Well, guess what happens? Those muscle glycogen stores just get depleted because your body is in a massive calorie deficit. Why does it? You know, why do we store muscle glycogen to use as energy? So when it doesn't have a lot of energy, what's it going to use? It's going to start to use muscle glycogen stores. So you start to then do your cardio again. You start to do your steps. You keep your food low. You get back into training. You train hard. What happens? Boom, within two or three days, you're right back down. Now, what can happen in the same process is that when you put in a lot more food, you think back to high days and refeeds, what does that do? High days mitigate dietary induced fatigue, the lower levels of cortisol. Cortisol is the enemy of fat loss, right? The enemy of a lot of things when we're trying to get absolutely peeled. So you put in a lot of food, you've massively reduced stress in the body, you've massively reduced levels of cortisol, you begin to deplete, guess what happens? You just look a little bit better and then the next week you look a little bit better. So as you sort of rinse and repeat the process, carrying less fatigue, the look can only get better. And that's something that not a lot of people realize and they get sort of dumbfounded as in how that can happen. And I'll just say, well, think back to, to those refeeds and why we put them in in those high days. Said, we're doing exactly the same thing. It's just that we're being very strategic of, okay, we've got a show then, we've got a show then, blah, blah, blah. Um, so effectively, that's that's how the going from flat to full to depleting to then loading again. And what we'll do this weekend for the Southwest, I have no no doubts will be exactly the same as we did for last week. All that'll happen is that if we need a bit more food, it'll go in on the third day um, because the protocol is exactly the same. And I'm on stage maybe the hour, an hour later on the Sunday. But what I want you to understand is that you have to, you have to embrace being flat for a long time and tr- to truly get conditioned. Too many bodybuilders worry or complain about feeling kind of quote-unquote flat um, when they're dieting. And in reality, that that's absolutely fine. Because without running flat for a consistent long time, you're, you're not going to bring the condition that you need. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that at times in the later stages of dieting, I implement high days and refeeds and I have them myself. Uh, these, these are extremely useful for eliciting further fat loss. However, the purpose of those high days and refeeds is not to get full. The purpose of those refeeds or high days is to to mitigate dietary induced fatigue, lower levels of cortisol, and allow the body to continue to dig. If you're wondering um, about refeeds or high days, 
I've done a podcast on it and there's also an article on the website that says, you know, what are refeeds and how do they help fat loss? Go check that one out um, if you want to know a little bit more. Um, so you may be thinking, all right, like that, like that whole process, like that sounds easy. You know, that's no problem. Like, on paper, that's fine. You know, must be easy, right? Wrong. You know, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't known already, if you've never dieted before, you know, the realities of, of dieting to extremes um, are are hard. You know, and, and as I said, I, I've done done podcasts on that before, and I've actually I think there's an article as well. I think it's called Reality Dying to Extremes on the website. Uh, give that a listen, give that a read to find out how it truly feels. But what I will say is, through enduring the hard days, through embracing the hunger, embracing this, embracing the suck, as they say, uh, the end process is truly rewarding. It's just that we we tend to live in a society where we want everything now. We want instant gratification. We get that from social media or we want food. You know, it's at our door within 15 minutes. And what a lot of people find hard about bodybuilding is that, especially in their first prep, which your first prep will be the hardest one that you do, is it, it's the hardest they've worked ever in their life for like consistently and they're not getting a reward for months later. And that's what kind of makes, I suppose, your first prep the hardest alongside the fact you've never had to endure hunger and you know maybe you've always had a takeaway every week and whatnot blah 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 but ultimately that that process it can be a struggle but what i'd say is with each show with each year the process gets easier because once you've done you've been through it once you know what to expect and ultimately you you then say well it, it's all going to be worth it because i know i've done it but sometimes you need to convince yourself that one time you need to do it to understand what I'm talking about. I think that if you've never competed before, you'll, you'll never truly be able to relate to to what I, I mean when I'm saying that. Um, I, I'm, you know, I think back to my prep, first prep, it was the hardest one I've ever done. Um, whereas this one, it's probably been the easiest one just because I'm, I'm more experienced and a bit older. I've done it before. Um, I've also, you know, my... My beautiful wife is so so supportive, um, and I'd like to give. I'm not sure anyone from from the PCA panel or or whatnot will be listening to this podcast, but maybe, maybe one day they, they will do. I'd like to give them a massive shout out um, and a thank you from the bottom of my heart. On Sunday, they they got Rona up on stage, and um, they got a, a photo with me and her her holding the trophy, um, which meant the world to me. It meant more than more than they knew, but you know, as I was getting presented with the, the trophy, the guy said, You got anyone with you? I said, Yeah, yeah, my wife. And I said, She's pregnant. And the minute I said that, he just looked at me and went, Do you want to get up for a photo? And uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I was holding back, fighting back the tears. Um and usually you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm a man that wears wears his heart in his sleeve. Um as you'll probably see from a lot of soppy posts on Instagram. Um, but I wanted to get a, a photo where I wasn't crying um, so that we had it for the rest of our days um, and I could frame it, blow up um, and ultimately look back at the process of, you know, the, what I do, prep and, and whatnot is, is only possible because of her support. Um, and I really wanted to, to kind of go down um, and present my but regardless I wanted to go down and present my best package um, so that in 20 years time we had something to look back on and she could tell the wee man um, who's due in a couple of months that 
you know, his dad did her proud, or did, did them proud, um, and, and I'd like to say I did that, so yeah, that one wasn't for me, that one was for her, um, and and yeah, uh, I guess I'm kind of going off on off off topic here, aren't I? But I guess you're getting a, a little bit of an insight to, to who the who the who the real Von Wilson is. I like to think that you already do. I, I try and be as transparent as I can on these podcasts. But in, I mean, let's take it back. In summary, being flat or being full is in reference to muscle glycogen stores. You know, that's glucose molecules crammed together. When these stores are full, saturated, you you could say. The muscle itself looks a little bit bigger, more rounded, has more of a pop to it. The person's ability to contract that muscle is greater. Bodybuilders are going to die for a long time. And when they do that, they're going to become flat. That's where the muscle itself doesn't have as much pop. It doesn't look as sort of big as it did before. It's not as rounded and there's less of an ability to contract. What they will always do is they'll get flat for a show, very, very lean, of course, um, and then they'll carb load into that show. Um, filling up those muscle glycogen stores to look fuller and present an overall better look. So, listen, guys, I hope that one helps um, your understanding of flat versus full. Um, and just remember that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.